Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. I know that at this time, uh, it may well be that it's a difficult time, you know, for the vast majority of us. Uh, Queen Elizabeth was the only monarch that we ever knew. But I wonder if I can just for a moment ask you to think about your happy place. Each of us have a a happy place. It might be when you are curled up with a a good book. It might be when the rain's lashing off the the window and you're nice and cozy as you're reading your book. It might be when you are, I don't know, being creative, making aprons, or whether you are writing a new piece of music, or it might be when you're out cycling or out on the golf course or various other out in nature might be when we are surrounded by our our family or or friends might be here but we all have a happy place you know whatever that is for you i want you to be thinking about it you know that place that that you find yourself in and you just feel refreshed and renewed and that everything is right with the world when you've spent time there. Where we might just feel ready to to go out into the world and take on whatever it is that comes up against us. We've been refreshed, we've been recharged, we're ready. all because we've been in that happy place. And now I want you to think, when was the last time you were in that place? Because one of the things that I've been thinking about recently is that we live in a 24-7 world where everything is rushed, we are being pushed uh, to, to live in this 24-7 world. Technology has got us to a point where we're contactable 24-7, and far more people, whether they are on a contract to do it or not, are pretty much on call 24-7. Um, email, when it was developed, was used for sending files to your colleagues. Now it's become a kind of a chat and it gets used in the kind of like what a text message used to be where you're expected to respond straight away and I'll let you in on a secret I fell into that trap so I took my emails off my phone because it was amazing the amount of times that I would get stopped during a day where I would get oh well, there's another email 
And rather than focus on the thing that I was doing or the thing that I was going to, it might be a, a meeting or it might have been a, a funeral visit or something like that, I would get distracted by whatever the email was, for good or, or bad, whatever the email was. And I'd be thinking about that rather than focusing on the thing that, that I was supposed to be doing. And so I took them off my phone. So I only ever log into my emails three times a day, morning, afternoon, and at night. So if you don't get a response back from me straight away, that's, how you, that's, that's basically why. But the thing is, this 24-7 existence, you know, shops are open longer. You know, I remember uh, thinking that we were always in a rush to get to the shops when I was a kid. I don't know if you, you were the same. I don't know why my mom and dad didn't plan it better. But anyway, sorry if they're watching this. Don't tell them I said that. But anyway, it always seemed like we were in a rush. You know, but technology and the various other things has got us to this point where we're living this 24-7 life. And we're all tired. People are more tired. Although this technology and the way that it was done, it was, for our, um, it was meant to be for our benefit. That it was supposed to make our lives easier. But we're all walking around absolutely knackered. Because we're, we're constantly going. You know, despite all of these things that are meant for our convenience, it's trained us into this pattern of not knowing when to stop and rest and when you're supposed to work. You know, as I said, I remember as a child, you know, me and my sister getting rounded up and like, we need to get to the shops, and the shops closed at six. And if you went there at six o'clock, you were having to wait until the next again day. Everybody used to start shutting aisles off in, in our shop. And Dalkeith, it was like, if you didn't get to particular, it was like, no, it's that done for, for today. Keep going. But the thing is, now, you know, there's a particular, uh, I won't say the name, but just, there, there is a supermarket up in Burnside um, that is open till 10 o'clock. There's one at Delmarnock that's open till midnight. And if you find yourself over there at half past 11 at night, you might see me. But the thing is, we've been trained into this stupid way of, of living, of, you know, say that, you know, the shops need to be open till that time to cover for people who are on, you know, unsociable uh, shifts and things like that. Why do we have unsociable shifts? I know that there are some areas of uh, work that, that will always work out with the nine till five kind of thing, but Far too many people being forced into that kind of thing. And it just perpetuates itself. And while this is all for our convenience, what we've done is we've added more and more things into our life. So rather than, if we'll use shopping as an example, if you knew you needed to be at the shop for a particular time, you wouldn't just keep working till you know, half past eight at night because you knew that you could go to a shop that was open till 10 or midnight. You would have to factor it into the day and you would stop working to then go and do something like shopping. But we've become busier and busier with stuff. And our world allows us to do that. And the thing is, as much as it allows this convenience, we get further and further away from being allowed in our happy place. For all this time that we, that we have 
uh, at our disposal, we seem to fill it with work and various other things. We don't get to our happy places as much as we would often like. And I purposefully chose these two verses this morning because it gives us an idea of how to get into a pattern of working from that place of rest. It's the title of this morning's sermon, From a Place of Rest. Or it could be from a place of resting in God, because that's what Jesus did. Our two verses come on the back of Jesus healing a, a man with, of leprosy. And when Jesus heals the man, he says, don't tell anyone. Just go back, get yourself checked out by the priest. Don't tell anybody about it, but just go and be part of the society. You're now no longer a leper. You're now no longer a pariah in the Jewish society. Go and get checked out. Allow yourself to be blessed. You're now part of the society again, but don't tell anyone. But even despite Jesus saying, don't tell anyone, we read the first, the first verse that I read out. But now more than ever, the word about Jesus spread abroad. Even although he said, don't tell anyone, these amazing things, people want to talk about it and share it. And they shared it with so many people that we read that it, the news of Jesus travels and travels and travels. And the thing is, it isn't that Jesus came to earth to, to only heal people of their ailments. It isn't that he just came to earth to, to perform these amazing miracles that people would talk about him. It isn't that he would just come to share uh, amazing stories in parable form about the kingdom. It's not that Jesus didn't do these things or, or want to do these things, but it wasn't his main priority. His main priority would be that he would create opportunities, that people would get closer to God, that they would understand that salvation came through him and him alone. That the purpose of all of these things was to show how powerful and amazing God was and how much God loved them. Jesus was willing to sacrifice himself for us. That was his main goal. He wanted to reconnect humankind with their heavenly father. To reconnect earth with heaven. And that was hard work. It was hard work for Jesus. Because we, as human beings, made hard work for him. Despite Jesus telling the man, don't go and tell anybody, the crowds continued to grow, the message continued to spread. More and more people want to come to him, to be healed, to see a miracle, to hear a parable. Some might want to hear a, a new sermon that's going to fire them up to be able to go and take on the Roman Empire. And there's a key piece of scripture in verse 16 where he says, but he would withdraw to deserted places and pray. 
And in fact, the New International Version says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I'll read that again. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus knew that this hard work that was ahead of him would ultimately take him to the cross. He knew that he needed to be able to do this work from a place of resting in God's presence. Not just once, not just when I need something, but as it says in the scripture, often, that he would take himself off and he would often withdraw to lonely places by himself, him and God, to be able to rest in God's presence. He knew that he needed to spend time in prayer, that he would receive strength and encouragement, that deep rest that he needed to be able to go out and do the work that was ahead of him. And the thing is, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, those who profess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we need to look at his example and copy it. He needs to be our role model. We need to be doing the things and saying the things that we see him do and say. We need to be spending time in God's presence and praying often. You know, as part of my studies, I remember doing a, a, a study on Martin Luther, the, the reformer, and getting the chance to go over uh, to Wittenberg and uh, go and check out you know, various things with regards to Martin Luther. And he is quoted as saying that to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. That to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. They go hand in hand. It is so integral that we need to be in that constant state of praying with God that we would be connected to our Heavenly Father. And our Lord Jesus shows us an example that by resting in God's presence, that whatever we come up against, the, the various things that are in our world, and believe me, as I say all the time, we're not immune as Christians from the things of this world. We will get rocked. There will be things that will, that will upset us and anger us and disappoint us and various other things. We need to be spending time resting in God's presence that we might be recharged. That we might receive comfort and, and peace when we need it. And another thing that, that's really interesting to me, and it's always interested me, always fascinated me, and I know that I tell you that, I, and Elizabeth says, you need to stop telling them that you watch documentaries about dams and rivers and all this kind of stuff, because... But anyway, you know, what I find interesting, I find interesting. And whatever you find interesting, you do too. But I've always been fascinated that when Jesus asks the disciples, what can I do for you? They don't ask for, um, well, we'd quite like you to show us how you do that thing with the water and you turn it into wine. How do you do that? Show us how to do that. They don't ask, how do you multiply fish and bread to be able to feed thousands of people? They don't ask them, how do you heal people? How, how are you able to do these things? Or show us how to preach a, an amazing message where thousands of people want to hear you. 
They don't ask that. What is it they ask? Show us how to pray. Show us how to pray. They've spent years with Jesus on the inner circle watching him, seeing what what he has to go through, the challenges that came from the Pharisees, the various pieces of work that are there, the, the preaching to thousands of people. They're tired. They're walking around tired. And they look at Jesus and they think, how is he not tired? And then they have this light bulb moment where they go, ah, we see what Jesus does. He goes off and he prays. So they say, show us how to do that. We want to be able to rest in our Father's presence the same way that you do. Because they knew that the work ahead of them was was going to be tough. And of course, Jesus teaches them the Lord's Prayer. This is how you pray. They recognize the importance of the work that is ahead of them. Jesus has challenged them with spreading the good news, and they are part of that inner circle. They They will spread that good news of the kingdom right to the point where in 2022 we're able to come here this morning and we've heard it from someone. And our challenge is to go and share it with others. That just like those early disciples, we too would share the good news of Jesus and to make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But they knew that it would be hard work. And we know that it's hard work. Because if it was easy, we'd all be doing it. It's hard work. But they knew that Jesus rested in God's presence often by himself. He would spend time by himself and that he would come back encouraged, strengthened, refreshed, ready to continue on the work that was ahead of him. Prayer is important. And it's not so that you can claim to be an uber-special Christian or an uber-spiritual person because you pray. It's important to each and every one of us that we spend time in God, God's presence, with our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father who loves us and just waits for us to spend time to be refreshed and strengthened and encouraged. Because the thing is, there's a lot of work to be done for the kingdom, and we need to be doing it from that place of rest. You know, I've spoke about a 24-7 existence. There are 24 hours in a day, every day. That's 1,400 minutes. And if I've done my maths right, and I probably haven't, so you can check it on a calculator, but I think it's 86,400 seconds each and every day. That's how many seconds we have. 1,400 minutes. We need to spend just a small percentage of that each and every day resting in our Father's presence, connecting with our Heavenly Father, spending time just as Jesus did, being recharged, encouraged, and rested so that we can go out into our community and share the good news of Jesus with everyone, to go and do the hard work that's ahead of us, the thing is, we all know that there are, there are changes coming. There are changes happening 
within the Church of Scotland. Changes that none of us particularly like. We all know that we don't like change. Nobody does. If you, if you meet someone who says they love change, challenge them on it. Because I don't think any of us like change. Some of us have a deeper threshold than others in terms of what that change looks like. But if it challenges the things that we're comfortable with, nobody likes it. And the way that the Church of Scotland is changing will be difficult. It won't be easy for us all. And now more than ever, we need to be a church who prays. Not just here in Stonelaw, but as a denomination. We need to be a church who prays. We need to be close to our Heavenly Father. Feeling God's presence around us as decisions are made and futures are unknown, the uncertainty that's there. We need to ensure that we are in God's presence, being rested, encouraged, strengthened as we move forward. We need to be withdrawing to these deserted places just as Jesus did. As individual con congregations and as an entire denomination that we would seek forgiveness for when we've strayed away from what our Lord Jesus wanted his church to be. And there are many things for us to be seeking for forgiveness for. And be a church of Scotland who are focused on praying as individuals, as congregations, that each would be encouraged and equipped for that work that is out there for the kingdom. You know, I've been thinking about running a prayer course for a wee while now. And if that's something that you'd be interested in, please let me know so I can gauge whether there is an appetite for it. And we'll, we'll do that. We'll spend time studying prayer and allowing us to be better at it. That we would grow our prayer life. That we would become more committed to it as we would be connected. Because each and every one of us has 24 hours in a day. We just need to spend a small portion of those 86,400 seconds connecting with our God, resting in our Heavenly Father's presence. That when we go out of here and out into the, the mission field, out into our communities, that we're all doing it from that place of rest. So shall we pray? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can rest in your presence. We're sorry for when we busy ourselves with so much stuff that we forget to stop and to just rest and be encouraged. By your Holy Spirit, would you fire us up? Would you fire up a desire in us to spend more time with you? And that we would make it a priority that in this world of busyness we would be and look refreshed. That when we meet people, they would ask us why we look so fresh. And we'll be able to tell them it's because we have a Heavenly Father who loves us. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for your example. The example that you showed to your disciples of how you retreated often to spend time with your Heavenly Father in prayer. So we rededicate ourselves to you this morning as we proclaim your name and vow to spend more time in your presence 
as we focus ourselves in prayer. All this we offer in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen.